Hello and welcome to Bridal Cry Ministries. This ministry is dedicated to restoring the eternal purpose of God by preparing the bride to be ready for his return. So if you stumbled across this page or someone shared it with you or whatever, and you're hungry and thirsty for the deeper Christian life, to give God everything his heart is after and not just get him to give you what your heart is after, if you've truly fallen in love with Christ and you're desiring to grow in him more, to divide soul and spirit and to come into the fullness of what God created you for, yes and amen. That's what we're here for too. That is the goal that we are aiming towards and pursuing. And today we're going to tackle a pretty debated and heated topic that was heavy on my heart some time ago. So I spit this out (laughs) and Matt and I have molded over a little bit. Oh, speaking of which, I'm your host, Daniel Master Leonardo, with my co-host, Matthew Inns. And today we're going to be talking and wrestling with the questions of whether or not there are prophets and if they're still speaking. Um, Depending on where you grew up in church, honestly, you're going to have a very different answer to this question. And you'll most likely have a lot of scriptural reasons as to why you came to those conclusions. Um, And awesome. We're going to wrestle with those. We're going to hold them in tension and see what is actually going on. Um, We're not fighting for any denominational or theological camp. We're really um, trying to uplift Christ and see what is Christ doing and how is he doing it? And are we embracing (laughs) what he's doing and how he's doing it? Or are we pushing against it because we've been trained to and or pigeonholed into that? Before we kick that off, I want to encourage you to like and subscribe, smash that button, follow us on Patreon if you would like this message to continue to go out into the world and allow Matt and I to dedicate more of our time. We would love it if you could follow us on Patreon uh, and or support us. All the information is in the description below. Um, Anyway, so today, before we tackle this conversation about whether or not the prophets still speak, we want to hit the major objection of no, they don't. (laughs) Uh, The prophets were for that time in that way. uh, And now we have scripture, it's all been revealed, right? And there is no more further revelation. It's been revealed in Christ. He is the message that the prophets were, you know, um, talking about. And so, therefore, there is no further revelation. There is no further unpacking. It's completed. The canon's closed. And if, I I hear this a lot, if the prophets are still speaking, do we need new scriptures and all of these things? So, there's a lot in that, and we're not going to hit every objection. That's not really the goal of, of this specific episode, but we're going to dive in pretty heavily in that. Um, so Matt, I'm going to let you take it away with the major objection, um, before we get into our reasons, um, for, for what we're talking about here. Man, can you imagine trying to do this thing off of just your brain and, a and your internal imagination and then the book? I barely got through my intro, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> like our, I praise God that he knows we are limited and we needed a book. Yeah. You know, like praise God that he knew we need. And, but then the reality is praise God that he knew that our self-confidence would be so strong that we would think that we would read the book and uh, be fully autonomous to make conclusions off of it. That's pretty risky that my human brain, you know, and then there's the thing of like, well, but then the spirit guides you. So let's talk about that because to me, that's the selling point of everything we're trying to do with bridal crime ministries, everything we're trying to do that God's trying to do. And the thing that answers the question of does God speak and how do I find a good prophet and how do I know if there's a bum prophet and it all comes down to Christ, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It all comes back to Christ. Is is how you answer the question of it all comes back to Christ really is telling on so many things. You know, I, I, I know we got to do a little bit of camp camp poking, not because we're trying to be uh, aggravating, but because it helps to discern and differentiate things that we're trying to say here. Because what we're trying to say is, Bottom line, 
if you can't speak Christ, I don't care what your title is, stop. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I don't care where you are in our current church format, right? And we really need to pull out the fact that the academic world has done a hostile takeover. And I said hostile. The academic world has done a hostile takeover of God's house and church. And if there's one place that it really gets wrestled over whether or not there's still authority of heaven in the voice, it's in the academic world. Mm-hmm. They have a lot to lose if God's still speaking. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, we're coming out of the gate pretty hot, Matt. And so I'm going to just play devil's advocate of they're all revealing Christ through the scriptures, right? They're all talking about how Jesus is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. And I mean, everything in in my Christian experience, right? And in yours and in many, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, what do you mean? These people are all talking about Christ. So what is the differentiation you're trying to, to make? Yeah. Well, let's, let's go here. Let's, let's take it from the other side. Let's say, let's say, um, let's say one of our listeners, um, has the culture of, of, you know, finding and following prophets. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the same question, isn't it? Is that prophet speaking Christ? Hmm. Are they? Because if they're not speaking Christ, if they're not able to speak Christ, are they a prophet? (laughs) If you're a pastor, if you're a preacher, if you're a book writer, if you're an academician, aren't we all called to the standard of speaking Christ? Mm -hmm. What's the difference? The difference is that the Bible is teaching Christ and Christianity is teaching Christianity. Hmm. There you go. And if we can't get back to the simplicity and the purity of devotedness to proclaiming Christ with precision and with discernment and with correction and with handling demonic doctrines, <clears throat> but if we can't get back to the simplicity and purity of devotedness to proclaiming Christ, and I'm not talking Christ just the Savior, Christ is the manifold wisdom of God. You need to be able to proclaim Christ the Savior. But if all we have in our, uh, if all we have in our, <clears throat> our toolbox is the ability to preach Christ the Savior, he's all in all, man. Mm. Is there anything else you can say about Christ? Is there anything else about his fullness? Anything else about his life that we should be expecting to see out of the body? Mm-hmm. Anything else about the nature of his qualities shining forth out of a people? Anything else about the nature of how he... He brings his reality into us and the nature of which that happens and the many chapters we have, right? If we can't actually discuss the Christ in fullness, why are we even having discussion about whether God speaks or not? You're not speaking him if you can't speak Christ. So we're, we're entering into a place where if God's going to help us, if God's going to bring us into a place where... Um, end, right? <laughs> if he's going to bring us to an end, right? This thing was going somewhere. If if God is going to bring us to an end, the end that is Christ, it's defined as Christ. Telos mm-hmm. is the Greek word, right? If mm-hmm. God's going to bring us to that end, then this debate over whether or not he speaks is going to be answered in what would he be speaking? That's good. Because if 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 we can't settle what he's going to say, then we're going to have no way to discern if he's saying it. That's good. So we need to get back to the, the, the bedrock matter here that the apostles did a really good job at, right? How did Peter start off his letter? In Christ is for all things pertaining to life and godliness. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these guys, Peter and Paul, they knew how to preach Christ. They knew that the starting point was, in Christ is everything you need. And mm-hmm. so then speaking to that and preaching to that and then declaring falseness as anything opposing that mm-hmm. means, Daniel, we've got a lot of falsehood going on in Christianity. Yeah. Not because it's falsehood because it's lies, but falsehood because it's not bringing us back to the starting point, Christ. So I would say if the discussion is, 
are there still prophets? I would say, yes, there's prophets. Yes, there's false prophets. But guess what? There's a lot of false teachers, too. Mm-hmm. And they're not false. They're not false because they're saying things that aren't true. They're false because they're not tying people back to their anchor, which is life. Life mm-hmm. with a capital L. Zoe, Greek word, not bios, not not Muslim Christianity, me for God, doing mm-hmm. my my five pillars of Christian activity. It's Christ in me that is generating a hope and restoration of a glory which was lost due to sin mm-hmm. that's rooted in Christ. And if that can't be proclaimed, preached, taught on, and brought back to in anything you're teaching, mm-hmm. if that cannot be done, then that's false teaching, not because there isn't truth being said, but because it's not leading back to where God wants it to go. Yeah. So we're in a, we're in a pretty desperate spot actually, because we tolerate false teachers almost as much and more than any discussion can be said about false prophets. Yeah. And that's a hard, that's a, those are hard statements, you know, to say, and I'm sure for many to receive, but I loved how you summarized it. It's like the prophets of old and of, of the true prophets of today and and the apostles, they preached Christ, his life. And today and in so many ways, and even in the past, right, the, the issues with the religious teachers is they were preaching a religious system. So for them, it was they were preaching Judaism. And today is we're preaching Christianity. We're preaching about Christ, but we're not preaching, we're not giving, we're not expressing the life of Christ, and people are getting caught up. I mean, and this is answered, you go to a Christian bookstore, what's the, what's the biggest section in the Christian bookstore? Self-help. Self-help. <laughs> Self-help, lifestyle, how do I become a better this and that? And there's, not, there's amazing principles in Scripture, don't get me wrong, it could, because it's truth. So, of course, you can extract principles from truth. Um, but when we reduce Christ to a system of belief, when we reduce Christ to a set of principles, you are caught in religion. And we dealt with a lot of this in our four types of Christians. The four, the, the, we did a four-part four part series on the four Christians and dividing between, the, the really spent a whole out, an episode on the religious Christian and, and all the pitfalls there. Acts 5.20 has a, has a fascinating statement. When the angel came, was it to Peter or whoever it was? And the angel says, go and stand in the temple and preach to the people the whole message of this life. Hmm. What the whole message of the crucifixion, the whole message of like, what was the system? What was the things they had to say? It's, they preached life, hmm. the life of Christ, who is the life, Christ in me, the hope of glory, right? It wasn't a, and, and granted, they pulled from the scriptures abundantly because as matt opened up with like these this is praise god we have this you know as a foundation to stand as a solid rock to stand on and to be able to under you know and even the the even the great saints of old who all of their labor in searching the scriptures were standing on and making observations because of their observations right um Yeah, but that is that is the difference, and so yeah, the question is now is is Christ still being revealed, and is God going to use vessels to reveal that message? And I think Matt and I would very blatantly and emphatically say yes, yes, God is still revealing Christ in you, and He's done it through His written word. But there's also his spoken word. So there's the logos and the rhema. And and if God is if the word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, the logos in that in that specific if, which I would argue is Christ, if Christ is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and we're supposed to live by every word of God daily, which is Rhema now. So if we're supposed to live by the Rhema of God, the spoken word every day, and if the if the if if the fullness of joy is experienced in the presence of God. Our whole Christianity is built around getting in the presence of God. 
that's what we're doing. So if we're in the presence of God, he's going to reveal his word within us. It's going to search us inside and out. There's going to be this living and active dynamic relationship, not just dry theological truths extracted from an ancient book that I can then apply, but an actual encounter with Christ, which the scriptures, I'm pointing over here because my Bible's over here, the scriptures, <laughs> the scriptures lead us to Christ. They reveal Christ. But you can read Barack Obama's autobiography and not know Barack Obama. It's the same thing, guys. Mm. You can read the book about Jesus all day long and not actually encounter Jesus, but you're supposed to. And the prophets, I would argue, are sent, the true ones, they are broken by God so that they truly give forth his words and not mixed with their own. And that's the testing of a true prophet is show me your brand marks, man. Show me the brand marks that you've been crucified with Christ and that you're, you got, you are so broken that you don't dare mix your words because you've been disciplined by God. Every time you tried to mix it with your own message or fear man or personal gain, talk about the testing of a true prophet. How broken are you? How, how much is the cross evident in your life? I'm talking to the charismatic church now that <laughs> believes in the prophets and apostles. Show me your brand marks, mm-hmm. not just the ones of old, like a letterman jacket, like show me the current constant daily outworking of the cross in your life. And that's the degree to which I'll trust your message. Of course, as it relies mm, to Christ. That's good. That's good. But they are going to be revealing and speaking forth. And they're going to be the ones that are going to be able to divide these lines. Hey, yeah. What is Christ it. and what is not? Why? That's exactly. Because they've it. been dealt with. And so that's like, that's where we need to go. So when we're poo-pooing the prophets, it's like, they're the ones that are going to be able to help us discern, oh, am I just being religious or am I truly following Christ right now? Like, that's why we need them. Yeah. 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 The, the, the same test that would be applied to finding a prophet or, you know, you could add finding an apostle, but it, it should be applied to anyone that you're going to listen to or hear, which is which would include us, right? Is the measurement should be um, when I am speaking, am I drawing in any sense the attention to myself, my title, my position? looking for affirmation, looking for, you need to believe that I'm important, right? Or what does Jesus teach? You want to know what a tree is? Look at its fruit. And and someone who's been, like you say, brought into the restriction of Christ, they don't need to call attention to their tree. They're trying to point at uh, the fruit, the Christ, the seed. They're, they're elevating the seed and not worried about what you think of them. Because getting the seed out there, getting the message out there that is Christ, is so much their burden that it doesn't even matter to them if there's a title attached to their role in the proclamation of the seed, the fruit that is going to be displayed out of them. So I would even say the discussion of like, let's say, let's say we're like, oh, this person's prophet, that person's prophet. You wouldn't want to start with the name. You want to start with the message. You want to start with what are they, what are they saying? And, and I think what we've had more in the charismatic world is we call people prophets who have the gift of prophecy. But um, the reality is, is the ability to hear and encourage among the saints the words that the Spirit wants to speak among the saints is a gift of the Spirit, and it's shared among everybody. Man, encouragement should be, you know, First Corinthians fourteen, encouragement, consolation. You know, that should be among a hundred percent of the body. So that alone is not a test, because when you go to Ephesians four. He has another phrase of what Christ gave, right? First Corinthians 12 is what the God gave through the Spirit. Ephesians 4 is what God gave through Jesus, what Jesus gave. And Jesus gave 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. There is a, a distinction there, a language distinction, you know, and you can make a big or small deal of it depending on your preference, but there is a distinction that says Jesus Christ is putting himself into certain people to accomplish certain roles, which we're going to go over that passage here, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, for the building up of the body of Christ, till we all attain to the unity of the faith and the full knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness, the fullness of Christ. So Jesus is in certain people to get the body to the fullness of Christ. And that's why I'm saying this is the differentiator. This is a way to test. This is your test. Because the fullness of Christ... <laughs> can we do this, Dan? Can I go here? Mm-hmm. The fullness of Christ is not going to be found in the gifts of the Spirit that are passing away. Thank you. <laughs> can someone just say that finally? Finally. Thank you. Like, yeah. Why are we still debating over tongues and prophecy when they're going to... They're, they're going to cease. They're yeah. not the display of the fullness of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and people who've been around the charismatic circles long enough know there's plenty of people who got the microphone mm-hmm. and it was found out later what they were doing in their closet. Come on. Don't mm-hmm. tell me that's not been happening a lot. Yeah. So we're at a spot, Dan, to, re- to reach the end for, for us to become a bride that will cry out with the Spirit mm-hmm. for Jesus to come then we got to become more focused on the fullness of Christ, mm-hmm. which is a quality of life issue, mm-hmm. than the external outward displays of the mechanics of the tools that get used to help us along the way. Mm-hmm. The Spirit is given. These gifts are given. These tools are given to help this body. But there's an end goal called the fullness of Christ, that these are not the mechanism of the fullness of Christ. <clears throat> the fullness of Christ is the fullness of Christ. <laughs> mm-hmm. These are going away. He is not. Mm-hmm. He is not going away. I think I think even just saying that, we can start to see, oh, this is what God wants to say. This is what, how God wants to say it. No, that's a, that's a huge framework, and we have to start there. It's like if there we are do. prophets, what is, how do we know there's going to be their message? And we're going to get into exactly what is the three-part message of those prophets so you can kind of know how to distinguish between them and, and the false. Because in the charismatic world, you're going to get, again, all these gifts and most of the time, prophecy is reduced to an encouragement ministry, which it definitely can and should be. I've been the beneficiary of just affirming scriptural words that were highlighted to that person trying to bless me, to encourage me in Christ so that Christ can be revealed. But so much of it's become like a trick parlor where it's like, oh, I, know I can guess your social security number and you know I can get dates right. And it's just become this weird like fortune telling thing. Um, it's like the Christian version of a, of a Ouija board or a tarot card reader and it's uncomfortable and awkward and weird um and so we can we can you know and i think a lot of it you brought up matt like you know why is it that it's gone that way and i would argue that eschatology your views of the end times and what christ is trying to what god's trying to do in the current day is going to drastically determine how your your uh the weight that you put on the gifts and so a lot of charismatic people um this is purported by some of the larger voices argue that, you know, we're living in the, the millennial reign now and we're supposed to be redeeming the world and bringing Christ on earth, right? The kingdom of God's supposed to come now and it's going to be through the miraculous gifts and therefore we need to heal. We need to tackle the seven mountains of culture and all of these things. And we're supposed to be salt and light. So I'm not going to poke at that too much, but my argument against that would be, um, well, one, I don't believe we're in the millennial uh, now, but then also the gifts were given to build up the body into the full measure of Christ versus to, which is going to bring about the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. Um, but we're not supposed to tackle the mountains of culture in Revelation. It says that actually it's going to get worse and they're going to go down. So if your goal is like, we need to see everything redeemed, yes, be salt and light, but that is a, a misappropriation of what those gifts are truly for. And you're going to overemphasize their significance um, and, and maybe use them the wrong way. Anyway, um, 
But I want to talk. So that we've we've been poking a lot the, at the charismatic side of things. Obviously, we're using language like prophets, and do they speak? And of course, the charismatic church would would say, yeah, of course. And there's misconceptions on that side. We've been kind of poking at some of those. But then you have the conservative and and then cessationist side of things, which say, no, the pro- the prophetic gifts, the healing gifts, the miraculous apostleship type of gifts have ceased um, because it was closed in Scripture in 70 AD. It was done right. Um, and uh, recently, uh, recently, I had this scripture come out, and and they use that as kind of a uh, as a point to say, look, and it's Hebrews one one through two. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. And I sat through uh, a sermon where it was talking about. He didn't argue whether or not prophets still exist, although he was kind of ensuing that the message is done, and the prophets of old didn't have Christ, and now we do, and we have the scriptures which reveal Christ. And so, therefore, there's no need for prophetic voices now because it's been spoken to us by his son. My argument and my pushback to that was, what was he doing then, this pastor on the stage? What were you doing? You were proclaiming Christ— Thankfully, and he and I love that he made the, the, the as the message of Hebrews is Christ is the better everything. He's the better priest. He's the better prophet. He's the better sacrifice. He's the better. That's the message of Hebrews, and he did a good job extracting that, but doing so by putting down the prophets. And I was like, "You're being a voice right now. To pro- you're a vessel proclaiming Christ." And so, yes, long ago, he did speak in many ways, like a pillar of fire and smoke, and the prophets and the you know, all the, and to the fathers through these things. And in the last, because the prophets were proclaiming Christ, they were proclaiming the future of Christ. And I would say they did an amazing job at it, even though they didn't know the time or the date and they longed to look into those things, they knew. And they were pointing people to that. And they were saying, stop dividing yourself and getting away from God, come back to him and stand in his presence and heed his Word That was the message of the prophets. Listen to God. And what was that pastor saying? Listen to God. So our argument would be the Old Testament. And this is the other issue I had. So there's kind of two prongs that were happening right now. One, are there still prophets? But then two, is there still value in reading the Old Testament prophets? And is their message valid for today? And that was really the, that second part was really the heart of why I even wrote this was, we're reading the New Testament, we're in great, we're, in, we're insatiated in the New Testament, and we're so devoid of receiving the words of the Old Testament prophets. And I would argue that in the latter days, which we believe we're in, these end time days, and Christ is returning soon, the message of the Old Testament prophets is more crucial to today than ever before. And in fact, we're in the same spiritual condition. You see such a like they're, they, yes, they spoke into their current day times, but they were speaking to the spiritual condition of those times, which persists today. And these were all types and shadows of what we encounter through the generations. And there's multiple scriptures. And so some people will think that they're outdated and don't apply to us, but one that's biblically inconsistent. You got 1 Corinthians 10, 11, Hebrews 4, 12, Luke 24, 27, Hosea 14, 9. Go look those up. Or subscribe to our Patreon and you can just download our show notes and you're going to see all of these scriptures in our, in our, in our notes here. But that logic of like that was outdated and for them just defies those four scriptures. It's biblically inconsistent to say that was for them at that time. Because those scriptures will say, no, they were all written for us. For instructing us today. And people with understanding are going to understand, oh, I'm supposed to pay attention to this regardless of what generation or era you come from. Otherwise, why do we have these scriptures? If they're just describing historical events that we can extract principles from? No, they're revealing Christ in you, which is why they were written down. They were written down because <laughs> they're strategic by God to reveal Christ in you and to point out things to avoid that are going to conceal yeah. and, 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 and deceive us. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go along those lines a little further just to say, man, like, I don't know what happened, but the Old Testament started falling into some sort of uh, 
disrepute somewhere along the way. But you couldn't you couldn't preach Christ in the first century without this, the Old Testament. <laughs> well, that's what they said. Like all Scripture is for profitable. Well, they were yeah. they didn't have the New Testament, <clears throat> and they they knew that Paul was writing Scripture. Peter shows us that. Like they knew that there were things coming up, but man, mm-hmm. they were referencing the Torah. <laughs> oh yeah, like the, <laughs> the, the sheer number of of allusions and and. Uh, and uh, imagery and direct quotations and what their goal, and this is the point, right? This is the point. The goal in the New Testament writers was to point out that Christ was in the Old Testament. And and the reality is, is um, you know, it's a Hebrews quote, but behold, in the pages of the book, it is written of me. Behold, in the pages of the book, it is written of me. Jesus Christ is saying, it's the, it's the pre-incarnate Christ saying that in the Psalms. We are we are at a time when the Word of God, right, has always been under attack. But what I think the the main point of what we want to try to communicate here in this particular episode is that in order to finish, we should not be denigrating the nature of the Word of God in any way because it will be to our detriment. And you see that in, in the simplicity of uh, my people. Um, <coughs> oh, uh, my people lack, what is it? People like vision. Uh, my people die for lack of knowledge. That's what it is. Yeah. People, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. You got it. Now. Right. Um, so if it's true for the written scriptures, you know, to me, this is really simply solved is the human heart just goes to God and says, I need your written scriptures, open them up to me. And then if you still speak, speak to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then do this. Don't let any culture or whatever, go to God, have a relationship with God and ask him. Mm -hmm. God, the mechanisms of your speaking, if it's really you, I will receive it. Mm Mm-hmm. And if it's not really you, then it won't be preaching Christ, mm-hmm. and I can reject it. Mm-hmm. If we're not going to build on a relationship with God in this thing, we mm-hmm. have a religion. Yeah. Because if we're only doing what our religion told us to do, mm-hmm. then we are religious. Yeah. But if you went to Christ himself and said, Jesus Christ, in the quietness of my heart, I want to know the nature of your messaging and mm-hmm. and and. I want to be open to the nature of your messaging. I don't want mm-hmm. to be closed. Yeah. And you do a personal exchange with him. You think he's going to be like ignoring that? Yeah. Would you do that to your kid? No. Yeah. They want to speak. They want to communicate. They want to increase the lines of communication with you. Mm-hmm. Your child comes to you and says, I want to call on the weekends more dad, or I want to like, you mm-hmm. know, let's do more texting. And, you know, and you're like, ah, so this is a prayer that Jesus Christ is going to answer, right? From the bottom of your heart. When you want more of Jesus and you come to him and you ask him, mm-hmm. he's not going to give you a scorpion or a stone. He's yeah. going to give you, quote, Luke 11, the Holy Spirit. He's going Amen. to give more of himself. Yeah. Amen. So what I want to do for the rest of this, we, you know, for the rest of this episode is we're going to talk about, like, what is the message of the prophets? Like, what is it that, what is the message of Christ and what is it that they're going to be betraying? And so we're going to talk about the overall message of Christ. Like, what is the eternal purpose of Christ that is going to be captured in the prophets? And then what is the way in which the prophets typically, typically go about that? There's like a three-part, like, especially in the Old Testament prophets, there's like a three-part way in which they would deliver their prophecies all based on the overall vision. As Matt said, without that vision, we perish. So the prophets are pointing us to the end of Christ. Their message was Christ. They were pointing us to this union with God through a three-part kind of methodology. Right before we say that, because so that's going to be for, for the charismatics and for the conservatives. For the charismatics, you need to know, or, and for conservatives, like what is the message and how is how will I know and just, like test between the prophets and for the conservatives 
that are wrestling, still wrestling, and are unconvinced by what we're saying, because again, we're not beaten, we're not trying to overly um, beat up all these objections. My main challenge, and I've said this in other episodes, when it comes to cessationism in general, um, show me the scriptures that say that they have ceased and they're no longer here. And we looked at Hebrews 1 in many ways, but then you also have Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles, this is the New Testament, gave us some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. What? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building of the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and the full knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure and the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. That's the message of the prophets, by the way, to help us get that. That's the message of every gift. Every gift is given in the means by Christ to build us up into the end goal of God getting what he is after. And I'm indebted to Sam Storms for this one principle where he said, if God has given us a gift, how disrespectful is it for us to say it's not good enough, or I don't like it, or it makes me uncomfortable it's like, that's your problem, man, but God gave it as a good thing, and we need to receive that and understand what it is. And so this is what I'm going to say to the conservatives, because charismatics, we just need to make sure we're listening to the right voices and testing properly. For the conservatives and the cessationists that don't even believe this is there, I just want to challenge you, because this episode's not going to be enough. I want to challenge you to just break outside of your echo, your theological echo chamber and and, and, and really wrestle with, is there a scriptural support for this? Um, honestly, I need to just give an endorsement of Remnant Radio. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Those guys love the Lord. They have theologians and pastors and scholars from all denominational camps on their show to have healthy discussion to wrestle with the charismatic gifts. And so they honestly, like their whole their whole thesis, because this isn't ours, ours isn't trying to defend charismaticism or any denominational camp. Theirs kind of is. Remnant Radio, their whole point is to bring a biblical worldview to kind of the supernatural aspect of God. And that's what scares most conservatives and most cessationists is like, is this biblical? And that's what Remnant Radio does. So I just want to say, like, if you really are wrestling with, is this, should, am I being, you know, blasphemous to believe this and what's the healthy way? They have years of, of amazingly theological conversations to discuss just that. And I want to say you should go there if you have specific questions that need to be um, worked through, because that's a, that's a healthy process. And Matt and I, I, I was raised in a very cessationist church. And, and um, I will say my, my, I'm indebted to them because they gave me a, a strong conviction that the word of God is reliable and, and the true word of God that we need to wrestle with. And every conclusion Matt and I talk about on these shows are from Scripture. And so the problem is, through the cessationist teaching that I got, and just by saying, okay, what does Scripture say? It led me away from cessationism. <laughs> the more I read Scripture, I'm like, well, yeah, I have, you know, that is what it is. And so that's, that's, that's what I want to say, is we need to just hold these things in tension. And, um, and our argument is, that he gave us some prophets for for the building up, and um, a burden is that if we do not, oh, I didn't put this in here, but if we do not recognize that prophets exist, and there's lower p capital p, we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, but if if they don't, or if we're not listening to them, we can miss what God is trying to do and what He's trying to, I would say, highlight in the scriptures. Because he's going to use the scriptures to speak through the prophet. He's going to highlight Christ in this hour. And if we're not listening to them, we're going to miss the changing and the shifting of seasons and the preparation. And I would say a lot of saints are like they're feeling something move inside of them. And then there's the prophets that come around and kind of give language to it and point them to the scriptures to say, oh my gosh, Christ, that's what you're doing. Yeah. So Dan, I'm so glad you brought up that point. I'm going to build on it, but first it's story time. Story time! <laughs> Which is just to say, uh, I absolutely did not want God to speak to me in 2007. And I was not under the theological belief that he could or should. And I had under my 
past some history of mocking the belief that God would still speak. Hmm. When he spoke to me on such clarity that it became the fork in the road that led me into all hmm. of the goodness of understanding the fullness of Christ that I now enjoy and have led to this 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 kind of talk. Mm-hmm. So, I know anecdotes are immediately discardable because they're not scripture. <laughs> and that's why when the next time, I'm being sarcastic here, Dan, I'm sorry. No, I'll take it. And that's why the next time that anybody wants to ever say anything about Jesus, and you want to bring that person onto stage and say, Jesus Christ did this for me, mm-hmm. you don't get to because anecdotes don't mean anything. <laughs> Point okay. taken. Is yeah. that fair? It'll almost argue against like preach everyone the, the the way of this life, the truth of this life. It's like what stronger preaching do we have other than testimony? Of, and and if it doesn't land in real life, it's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, and to 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 our goal here with this work is not to be an argument factory. Right, we have to argue. We have to, we have to say things that are persuasive, but mm-hmm. we're better off to be a life displayer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, there is argument and persuasion that has to occur in that. Mm-hmm. But it's not argument that is going to establish Christ. It's mm-hmm. life that establishes Christ. The yeah. miracle of salvation and the miracle of growth is through the reality of the life of this eternal being. Mm-hmm. And so I just I'm, I'm going to leave that there. Yeah, I'm going to build one more point, and yeah. then we're going to get into the next thing. Yeah, I love this. I love this exchange, Dan. This is so great. We're just it's, so excited to talk about these things, right? <laughs> you had talked about the idea of this thing. Now, this one kind of this one can rub really fast. Like the idea that if if I just don't X one. Y or Z, just that yeah. one. <laughs> of all the, of all the things today, right? <laughs> but. Um, the idea that I would miss something because I didn't X, Y, or Z. I'm glad um, you're bringing that up. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that because that's it seems like it's using fear tactics, which uh, is good salesmanship if you're a car dealership. <laughs> you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You know, we got one day. If you walk off this lot, the deal goes with you. you know? <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. It'll <laughs> never be there again. Lies. All lies. Yeah. Yeah. So, they need uh, you more than you need them. Just remember that. That's right. You got the wallet. <laughs> you got the wallet. That's right. We all we've all talked our cell phone provider out of a little extra money, right? Um, so the the reality though is is it doesn't matter if if it can be used as a fear tactic. God's allowed to use fear tactics. He uses love tactics. He uses love tactics. But at the end of the day, we're dealing with. We're dealing with whether or not Christ is brought to completion in a people. That's not a big target that you can be squishy and wiggly with, right? It's a, it's a narrow, it's a small, it's a small gate. You don't get to just say, Anything goes in Christianity and we'll all end up at the same spot. Well, you have your way and I have mine. No. We have Christ the way. And if Christ wants to bring about the completion of the goal of a body that he can then present in union with himself to his Father, and that body is under his responsibility, it's one way him and his way of bringing it about. And Dan, the way he brings things about is through vessels. Vessels. God is not going to give your neighbor a dream that leads him to Jesus. He's going to give his your neighbor you. <laughs> Even the Muslims who are getting all these dreams, you know what their dreams are? Go you talk to study. this person. Go talk exactly. to this person. Exactly. Jesus. They'll reveal not, Christ, but it's like go get more information from this person. He's not stealing the glory of evangelism from the saints. Mm-hmm. 
nor is he depriving them of their responsibility. Mm-hmm. He's helping supernaturally. I would say it's borderline cheating, but it's not quite there. Well, it's, it's, he, 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 so God tills the soil, but then he sends the workers for the harvest, right? We can't change soil. That's God's work, right? He's got to be the one that gives the dream. He's got to bring the one that brings the conviction, that brings the humility, that brings the contrition. But then he brings the vessel for what? We read it in Ephesians. To build the body up. So it's like, hey, awesome. Here's life. Great. Now it needs a trellis. Now it needs some garden. Now it needs some water. Now it needs some pruning. That's, that's, there is a cooperation with God through the gift that he's given you. Yeah. So here's the big bombshell, Dan. <laughs> here's the big bombshell go to ephesians 4 right 11 to 13 you know jesus is going to fill all things with himself throughout all creation and he's going to do it by giving himself uh as apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers to equip build till we attain to full knowledge to mature man to measure the stature that belongs to the fullness of christ he's doing this okay dan that goal of fullness will not be accomplished unless the ministry of those individuals is released to his people. And I am going to say this. And nowhere does it say, and, and I, I, I got to make sure that I have a clean heart with this one, Dan. But, and nowhere does it say that the academics are necessary for attaining to the fullness of Christ. Teachers? Yes. But we, and, and I'm, I'm hitting on something, Dan. We actually believe in our Western culture that our leaders come from seminaries. You don't want to know where Elijah and Elisha came from? Not the school of the prophets. This is huge. God did not approve the mechanism of raising up his divine leaders. I'm not saying there aren't people that go to Bible college. I'm not saying people shouldn't go to Bible college. What I'm saying is we believe that this is the mechanism God's going to bless. God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. And then he fills the heart and if he fills the heart and they don't have a degree, you'd better keep your mouth shut and open your ears when he's speaking through that vessel. Isn't that true? So we're, yeah, yeah, we're, we're entering a realm here now where there's some corrections we need about the way we've structured the Western Christian church with a hierarchy that's rooted in seminaries that is not safe. This is not safe business. Great point about school. And honestly, that's probably one of the biggest, not biggest, there's a lot of them. And that is, but that's a major bombshell. That's a big, and I hear that all the time. Matt's got a seminary degree. I don't. Um, And I hear that from multiple sources that the qualifications for true leadership spiritually, or even my qualifications to even host this podcast should be whether or not I've been to seminary. Um, and I think Matt made a pretty good point of that. God uses seminary. I would argue that Paul probably had of the day the best educational system and God used him in very profound ways and used that knowledge in a lot of profound ways. The rest of the disciples and apostles were fishermen and tac- like the dropouts. So he used one guy with seminary degree and the rest of them were dropouts. Uh, Ray Vonderlaan has a great teaching on what it means to be a Talmud, Talmudin, a disciple of the day, of like the Jewish culture, and how rigorous it was. And he basically explains that like Peter, John, James, all of them were, they did not succeed in the educational system, which is why they reverted back to the family trade. If they did do well in school, they would have been disciples like of a, of a Pharisee. And so when Jesus approached them and said, follow me, they're like, uh, 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 a teacher, a rabbi is going to let us 
follow him? Like, do you not know that we failed class? That was a fascinating teaching. And I'm not saying that like that gives us more credibility in any way, shape or form. What we're saying is the measure is Christ. The measure is Christ. The measure is, is the discernment of the word, but we don't want to discredit the vessels in which God will choose to use to deliver that message. And don't we know that he uses the weak things of the world to shame the strong? Don't we know that God's kingdom is upside down from our typical standards? What does he say? Man looks at the outward appearance, but I judge the heart. And so that's what we're trying. That's what we're honestly like the whole emphasis of this entire show right now is what is the message of the prophets? Can we trust them? Are they still speaking? What's the point? And the whole point is, you guys, God is not done revealing Christ, and he uses the prophets to precision-wise expose to us our hearts. He, he exhorts and encourages, yes, but he also exposes and says, guys, come back to me. We're getting caught up on trivial things. And this is the message of the New Testament and the Old. It's so corrective saying, guys, you're getting off. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Why? Because this world is full of snares and our hearts are desperately sick and wicked and who could know them? I, I do want to share because since Matt shared a story, I want Daniel's story time. And it's anecdotal and it's quick. But we'll share our testimonies another time. But like I had a radical, I grew up in the church, was a prodigal, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then I had a dramatic encounter with God where he revealed himself to me. I repented. It was a, it was a Saul to Paul, if you will, transformation where it was just like, you know, night and day. From a, from a direct encounter, I know not everyone has those, and that's fine. You don't necessarily need that. It's, it's what he did. But it was miraculous in many ways, and it's like, okay. And, uh, I mean, it, that was 15 years ago, and I'm still here of evidence that it was legitimate. Um, and and I was, I was really walking in the Spirit at that time. And then I shared this, I think, uh, an episode or two ago, where uh, in one of our four Christians podcasts, where um, – Someone in a religious spirit, it was a religious one, the Religious Christians podcast, part three. Um, someone with a religious spirit said, you, need, you should stop sharing your faith. You should stop evangelizing. You should stop hosting Bible studies until you go to seminary um, because you could unintentionally blaspheme against God because you don't know enough. She didn't ask, like, what's your study look like? Because I was reading the Bible every day and I'm listening to sermons every day and I'm reading commentaries every day. And, I'm, you know, forget all that. You need to get a degree. And I believed her at the time, and for like the next 10 years, a little less, you know, six years, eight years, whatever it was, um, I, you know, I went to school. I didn't get a seminary degree, but I graduated from um, um, under some of the renowned teachers of the day, getting, uh, um, getting kind of a dual degree in business and, and Christian apologetics and things like that, Christian worldview. Um, so... Later on, I have we have a tragedy. We're going to go overseas. We don't go overseas. And my wife and I wrestle with what are we doing? And then the message of Christ's life comes. The eternal purpose comes. And we start pursuing, not the gifts, but we just start pursuing whatever it takes for us to get more of Christ and have the inward, his life, the full measure of Christ's life within us. And to die and to release his life alone. The whole message of what we're trying to talk about here is like, we want Christ revealed in us. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, the hope of glory. Like we're, we're okay, God, what does that mean? How do I do that? Not just, I don't want to just modify my behavior. I want true heart transformation. I want true filling of the spirit of God. So in pursuing that, we start listening to more charismatic teachers because you have to. And there's been a lot that we stopped listening to because we're not convinced that everything we're talking about. You have to be very discerning. But the biggest change that happened was our prayer. The biggest change that happened was in our prayer, we start praying in the Spirit more, which is not just mean tongues, by the way, but we're praying in the Spirit more, and God is revealing himself, and I'm having more and more interactions, I want to say, with God, and and he's bringing scriptures, and, and scriptures all of a sudden are investigating my heart in newer ways. And I'm being transformed in newer ways. And people with prophetic gifts are speaking healing words to me, like issues, pitfalls in my heart, inner healing that I need. Um, honestly, deliverance. 
from demonization and lies and just so much baggage that was hindering Christ's life in me. All of these things are happening and I'm growing exponentially inwardly in Christ, being broken and, and humbled. And, and the contrast between, and God is grace. God was with me throughout my whole life. But when I look back between the years of, of me being in school versus the years of me under the, the leadership of the Spirit, all grounded in Scripture, um, there was a pride and an arrogance that got built inside of me. Granted, it was there. I'm not saying it got built. Like I had a lot of it, but it was undealt with. It was just getting more trained and more professional. It was becoming more culturally acceptable, and I knew how to say the right things. And I believed the right things, and I it was almost deceiving myself. And then the Spirit came in and just started beating that stuff down and exposing it all to the point where I cringe when I listen to very truthful sermons I've preached in the past, but I can hear my heart. I know the inner quality of my heart, and I've weeped. I've literally weeped over sermons that today, on paper, are still biblically accurate. They were, I had every right to stand up there and, and say those accurate words, but the vessel, Christ, was not getting what he needed because I was not seeing it. I've literally wept and cried and I said, God, how much time have I missed with your spirit not investigating my heart because I didn't believe, I didn't have a system of belief that allowed you access. I had a lack of faith and I'm, I, I was grieved because I was like, where would I be spiritually in maturity, like in, in brokenness and consecration? the pitfalls that could have been avoided, the mistakes, the pride, the arrogance. I'm like, God, what could you have had? And where would I be if I had regained, if you will, that time? And I had my moment of grief with that. And I was able to work past it. I'm not upset about it. I'm actually very grateful for those years because God uses everything. And so I'm, I'm, I, I, those have become some of my most cherished years because I've seen God's shown me what he's done in that. Um, but anyway, this is just an anecdote, guys, to say like when we deny the prophetic voice, both to proclaim Christ, it's like just uh, generally, but also directly in us in our own interaction with God in that spiritual communion that is t too mystical for a lot of conservatives to even get to that place. Um, we're disabling him from bringing us into Christ. And I, you guys, this is, that's the whole point of what we're trying to do. Do we under, do we hear that? And so that's just my, it is, yeah, yeah. it is, Dan, it's the whole, it's the whole point is, you know, at what point, you know, I think we're wrapping up here for today. We'll, we'll uh, pick it mm -hmm. up. But um, at what point, Will Christianity stop being defined purely by the words it uses and begin to be defined by the life of the person? You know, and when we, when we elevate people who have good words, but we don't ask the under-the-hood questions, when we don't want to see the, the, the radiance of the life of Christ, Acts 4 the Pharisees saw Peter and John and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Second Corinthians three, when you behold the image of the glory of the Lord, you are transformed into his image. Mm -hmm. You know, it, this thing needs to move from a word like, like little word, like black and white word based mm -hmm. religion into the display of the manifold wisdom of God through the church, Ephesians 3. And the reason that nobody has known that verse that I just quoted out of Ephesians 3 is because that's not important to this thing that we've all come into and under. We have an idea-argument-based situation that needs to be replaced by a display life based reality that is aiming itself toward fullness. Mm -hmm. And if we're, if we're not, here's a big, if here's your, here's your car salesman pitch. 
if we're not going to reorient ourselves to that fullness dynamic and the display dynamic that we are to be by life, then we are going to miss the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday deal. And I would argue we've been missing it for decades and decades and decades and centuries. But we have a chance with coming into the knowledge, right? My people die for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. We have a chance by coming into not new knowledge, mm -hmm. not new knowledge. This is scriptures that, that are in front of us. But to ask the question, how am I going to become a ready bride for Christ? Amen. Well, you'll know the ready bride for Christ because she's the display of the manifold wisdom of God. Yeah. Not just out of the words she can use, but out of the function of her entire life, which Dan, your testimony is exactly the point of what we're trying to say this morning. Yeah. And I want to, I want to end with this piggybacking off everything Matt just said and, and to, to hit the, the value case, the value proposition of prophecy and why we still need this. So I, I would say most people would agree with me that Matthew 7 is one of the most terrifying scriptures in the Bible. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, right? If he's not your Lord, he's not your Savior. They're crying out, Lord, Lord, you're my master. Did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not do these miraculous things in your name? And what does he say? Depart from me, I never knew you. That's a terrifying scripture because how are you supposed to know you did all the right things, right? These were incredibly pious and zealous people under the name of God. And the prophets are given, in my opinion, to help warn those people, us, that, including me in this, Matt's included in this. We are to be warned and discerned through the wisdom and the guidance of the Spirit through he, the gift, the people that He's gifted in the prophetic to help lead us so that we're not caught off guard when we stand before God. God doesn't want anyone caught off guard because they sounded caught off guard. And I would argue it's because they did not listen to the voice of the Spirit through His messengers. Because he says, I don't know you. And who does he say? My sheep know me and they hear my voice. So the question is, friends, church, are you listening to his voice even if you despise the vessel? And I would say, do not despise prophecy. Anyone know that I'm quoting scripture right now? Test it. Don't despise it. Why do we despise it? We're, that's the conversation we're having right now. It's so hotly detested. We despise it. And we have all of our reasons. Well, I guess we're just going to have to open up more scriptures. And come on, guys. Like, th these, are, these are cheap arguments. Those are straw men arguments. I'm saying, no, go to scripture and test and see for yourself. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Or do you not realize it's about the self that Jesus is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test, 2 Corinthians 13.5. That's the Matthew 7. Like, they failed. Did they test? The prophets were sent to help us test what is Christ and what is not. And Amos, what is it, 317? God doesn't do anything except what he reveals through the prophets. The word of God is living and active, friends. Old and New Testament are one unified message. The old is, is completed in Christ. It's not done away with. We hear Christ's words in that, guys. I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill and to complete. Not one yacht or tittle will be done away. Friends, Amos, God does nothing except what he reveals through his prophets. So if he's going to be doing something in the current age, if he needs to do something in your heart, he'll reveal it to you. Question is, are you going to have ears to hear or are you going to despise prophecy? Don't despise prophecy. The prophets do still speak. And if we're not discerning what their message is, and that's going to be part two. Clearly, we need to do part two. The part two is, what is the message of the prophet? How, do we, how are we going to discern them against others? And what's the way in which, in, in which they, they speak it? We're going to get into that in great detail. 
in part two. But hopefully, um, if you guys have questions about this, I know this is heated, write it in the comments, uh, email us, do what you need to do. If there's things that we didn't address in this video that you're like, I need to know, if we get enough of those comments and enough of the same things, Matt and I can, we'd love to address that. Whether it, whether it's in our Patreon community or or we create another video depending on, on demand. Because we're not just trying to prove points here. We want to help you guys overcome in Christ. We want to help you be made ready in Christ. And this this isn't just us arguing for some gift because we think gifts are important. This is us like we're going to be handicapping ourselves if we're not having ears to hear the way God choosing to speak. Do we hear that? And so we really want you guys to be able to receive the gifts and the means in which God has tr- has given us to be built up in him. And we don't want to despise prophecy. So um, like and subscribe, follow us. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you can click here for part two or wherever it is. Um, see you next time.